Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. I want to talk to you about your environment today and how you may have heard the saying, environment trumps willpower. And it's true. It can make things so much easier if you're setting your environment up for success. And while the core of that statement is pretty helpful, it's not so black and white. And the reason it's not this binary concept is because if you are someone who struggles with overeating and you struggle with, say, overeating certain foods, maybe taking handfuls of cereal or nuts or snacking on things, mindlessly eating, craving certain foods, always gravitating towards certain foods when you're feeling emotional, all of those kinds of things. If that's something you're experiencing, then eliminating those things from your house cleans up your environment and Technically, that would, quote unquote, set you up for success, which sounds maybe like a good strategy, except that you really don't want to only be successful when you control every aspect of your environment. You want to be successful no matter what, right? And because there are always going to be opportunities to overeat, there are always going to be opportunities to be in other people's environments, you don't want to become someone who is hypervigilant around food and feeling like you have to be in control of every single aspect or you're going to lose control at any moment. So what can you do knowing that willpower is a bit of a limited resource and you can't expect yourself to have a ton of willpower and discipline all day, every day, in every situation, because humans are emotional creatures. We don't control every emotion that we have. We have so many each and every day. We don't control every aspect of our lives. And we don't always have control of the environments that we're in anyway. And of course, the answer lies in the power of your habits. And when you set habits up in a way that you're eating when you're hungry, you're stopping when you're satisfied, then when you are having these urges, these cravings, these really difficult moments to go and overeat and find something snacky, then you know, hey, something is off here because what I usually do is eat when I'm hungry and I'm not hungry. And yet I'm feeling this really intense urge to get some relief. And the way that I'm doing that is by thinking about food. And over time, as you practice, that urge for food becomes less and less because you just stop rewarding it. But that takes practice. That takes putting in reps. It takes learning to manage your emotions and things like that. So we still want to be managing our environment or setting our environment up for success. So how do we do that without going down the diety rabbit hole and putting ourselves in a disempowered position where if we're not controlling our environment, we have no control over ourselves. When you practice in an environment designed for success, that helps you create unshakable habits that won't be compromised when you're in an environment that you can't control, but it looks a little bit different. This is not about removing food from your pantry. This is not about keeping food out of sight and out of mind or eliminating your favorite foods or anything of that nature. When you exclusively rely on rules, you're left without the skills to navigate unfamiliar situations. When you set your environment up for success, you're 
eliminating obstacles so that you can focus on the food and eating experience itself. This will give your brain a roadmap to follow based on how your eating experiences usually feel. When you're faced with an outside experience, you'll have the ability to lean into your habits and success is going to follow. So what is a successful environment to reduce instances of mindless snacking and overeating without eliminating your favorite foods from your house? That's adding the things to help you stay focused on your body cues and removing the distractions. So we're not removing food. We're not taking food away. We're not hiding food from ourselves. We're not telling ourselves we have no power to control ourselves around food, but instead we're teaching ourselves to be mindful about the eating scenarios that we find ourselves in. A successful environment looks like a few things. One, creating calm. Rest and digest is a thing for a reason. This improves your digestion, it increases your satisfaction, you're paying more attention, you're having a much more satisfying experience when it comes to eating itself. So not just about the flavor of the food, but your brain is actually interpreting your eating experience as satisfying. It takes you a little bit longer to eat. You're going to get a clear signal that you've had enough when you're slow and intentional and you're in a calm, restful environment. And I know that is not always possible. We work, we have kids, we have lives, we have partners, people watch television. There's a lot going on in our lives all the time, but do the best that you can to create calm while you're building these habits of being mindful and intentional about how you're eating. Plate your food, sit at the table, ass in the chair, and maybe put your hand on your stomach, take a deep breath or two, and try to relax before you're taking your first bite. This does not mean you have to chew many, many times per bite and turn your food into this mushy, weird thing. That's not the ritual I'm talking about here. You don't have to put your fork down between every single bite, although it can be helpful to slow you down when you want to try to slow down if you're a fast eater, like I've been a fast eater my entire life. There are things that you can do, but this literally takes seconds to plate your food and sit your ass at the table instead of eating out of the pan, standing up, up, kind of leaning on the countertop, picking at your food and things like that. You're not having the eating experience and you can be left having cravings because you didn't have a satisfying meal. So placing your hand on your stomach, that takes literally a second. Taking a couple deep breaths, literally just a few seconds. But all of this makes a very big difference because it tells your brain, now it's time we shift gears. Now it's time we calm down. Now we're going to eat. Now, if you're a parent with young children, this may seem impossible and that's okay. Do the best you can to set the stage for a calm eating experience and then let go of the perfectionistic expectations because you don't need to stress yourself out about being perfect about this either. Again, just do the best you can. Whenever you check in with yourself, you're kind of resetting your brain and saying, oh no, we're still at the table here. Yes, my toddler is throwing food. Yes, my partner is on the couch watching television. Yeah, my teenagers are screaming and fighting and whatever. But every opportunity that you get, just calm yourself down, reset your brain and say, no, this is mealtime. We'll deal with this later, or we'll go deal with this, and then we're going to come right back to it. Whatever you need to do to train your brain to focus in on your meal, that's going to help immensely. Another thing that is really helpful for setting 
up your environment for success is a clear space. No bills on the table, no magazines, no toys, no running electronics, no clutter in your direct view. I do not expect you to have a clean house. I don't have a perfectly clean house. You don't have to be tidy and perfect here. But what I am suggesting is that in your direct view while you're eating, try to clear your space. This really helps your brain focus on what it is in front of it instead of being distracted by everything that is around you. And just a tip here, you can grab a basket and just toss everything in it. Again, this does not have to be perfect, clean. It does not have to be a to-do list that you check off. Just get it out of sight during mealtime if cleaning feels overwhelming to you and you end up procrastinating and then mindlessly eating anyway. So do it the lazy way, get it out of your sight, and then back to your ritual take a breath or two, put your hand on your stomach, ask yourself, like, how am I feeling? How does my body feel? How much food do I think I need right now? We're just checking in with our body. It doesn't have to be perfect. That leads to no distractions. Shut down your computer, leave your phone on your desk, eat in another room or go outside. One of my favorite things about living in South Texas is that we have pretty beautiful weather year round. There is some extreme hot days and there are some really cold days for short periods of time during the year. But most of the time, our weather is pretty nice, at least for my personal taste. And so I sit out on my back porch quite often and have lunch. And this really just gets me out of the house, away from my computer. It puts my head in a different frame of mind. I don't feel stressed out. I really feel like I'm giving myself a break. I get fresh air. I hear the little birds and the farm animals and I look at the trees and it's really nice. Now you may not live in that same kind of environment and that's totally fine. Do what works for you. I'm just sharing what's working for me so that you have kind of an example or a framework. You can start asking yourself like, what would that be for me? What would a really calm, relaxing environment be for me if I was trying to focus just on my eating experience and taking a break during the day? Eat as if you are in full view of others. This is not a shame thing, but have you ever said, I wish you were there to just like slap the food out of my hand? Well, I can't do that as a coach, but this is the next best thing. We change our behavior when we're around others and for better or for worse, by the way. So this is where you get to start holding yourself to the same standard. You get to hold yourself accountable when you're alone as well. So envision yourself eating at a table with me as your coach or somebody that maybe you would want to be your best behavior around and then just start thinking about how do I eat differently when I'm in community and I'm monitoring myself and I'm paying attention versus when I'm just distracted and nobody cares and whatever and a lot is going on. What is the difference between those two scenarios and is there anything you want to change? And then close down your kitchen. Don't leave food on the countertops when that could be avoided. This makes it really easy if you have food laying out to take a bite here and take a bite there and little bites here and there may seem kind of harmless, but the devil is in the details. They count. Nibbling leftovers does not add any extra pleasure, but it does diminish the success of your efforts. And now you might be thinking, well, that sounds kind of diety stuff. Do I really have to micromanage every single bite? No, you do not. But I want you to be aware and awake when you're taking bites that have nothing to do with an eating experience that you want to have. When you're just mindlessly eating, when you're mindlessly picking, the reason this matters is because 
you're taking all of these little extra bites, but a week from now, you're not going to remember that little extra bit of crust. You're not going to remember the few chips that are just kind of laying on the counter, the handful that you took out of the bag while you were putting things in containers and putting them in the refrigerator. And it's not going to be memorable to you. It doesn't add any satisfaction to your meal. It doesn't add any satisfaction to your eating experience. And yet you're putting forth so much effort to build these new habits and you're feeling frustrated because you're not getting results. And it's those little things that you feel like don't count, don't matter, aren't memorable that are probably standing in your way. A bonus would be maybe to make sure that the dishwasher is empty in the morning so that dishes can easily be put directly in throughout the day. Immediately put leftovers into containers after a meal is served or completed if others in your family tend to go back for seconds and things like that. And this is to prevent instances of snacking while you're cleaning up, just like I described. Recruit help so that the entire burden of the cleanup isn't on your shoulders alone, if that's an option for you. There are a lot of different things that you can do to set your environment up for success, but this requires you to actually ask yourself the question, how can I be more successful without making a lot of extra effort and changes? And so just to kind of recap, clear your table space, eat in a calm environment, if you do get distracted, think about what do I need to do next? As soon as you notice that you've gotten distracted, that you've gotten off track, that your brain has gone, you know, kind of haywire, you're taking care of things in the household or whatever, regroup after the distraction, reset and ask yourself, okay, how do I calm myself right back down so that I can get back to focusing on my meal and do that as many times and as often as possible without the drama, without making it difficult, because it's not, you're just taking a breath, checking in with yourself and saying, nope, we're back to eating now. Give yourself that ritual for calm prior to the meal, taking a couple of those breaths and noticing how you physically feel, what your hunger feels like, what you're looking forward to with the meal, and eat the food that you actually want to be eating. This is huge for not snacking and picking. So many people judge themselves for what they want to put on their plate, but if you're overeating green beans, you're still overeating. If you force yourself to eat the boiled chicken and the salad or the boring ass foods, or even if it's tasty food, but that's not what you really wanted, chances are you're going to eat that food out of obligation, but then you're going to go looking for what you really wanted anyway. So eating all those extra vegetables and fiber and protein and all the things, cool, except it's still overeating if you're just having like meal number two to seek satisfaction. So you might as well get used to asking yourself ahead of time, what do I actually want to sit down and eat right now? And then serving yourself that thing. Be someone who just knows how to decide what they want, make the decision and keep on going. Avoid reacting to your environment and instead respond to what is going on. Notice if you are mentally hungry or physically hungry, because if you're mentally hungry, you're not hungry, not for food. You're hungry for something else, distraction, relief, rest, a break, whatever's going on. It has nothing to do with food, but you've gotten the habit of looking to food to meet that need. And one of the things that we talk about a lot in the Unstuffed program, especially in the beginning, is eating on a nine-inch plate because, let's face it, most people do not need an 11-inch plate full of food. Your stomach is not that large, and it just tends to be a lot more food than our bodies need. However, if you're at a restaurant, you're at a friend's house, you're at a holiday or on vacation or something like that, you don't get to control the dish. 
And so this is why it's so important to be someone who is conscious and aware while you're eating. Because if you're relying only on these sort of external markers, maybe portion sizes or the nine inch plate or something like that, in order to be successful, then you're not going to know what to do with something else that's put in front of you. And I know that doesn't seem really logical. You're like, of course I know what to do, Steph. But if you are not in the practice of listening to your body, then it's very easy for your brain to just kind of wipe out all of the things that you're used to doing and be like, this is an abnormal situation. We're just going to do whatever we do and go back to old habits. So it's just helpful to practice these things so that when you're not in your own environment, when you don't control your own environment, it doesn't matter because what you really have become successful at is listening to your body and letting your body be the ultimate decider, the ultimate calorie counter, the one who asks for more energy when it needs it and tells you when to stop when it no longer needs it. A few things that you can do is just ask yourself some questions to try and figure out what is right for you. So if you look at your current environment at mealtimes, what does that look like? And think about your meals individually. What does breakfast look like? What does lunch look like? What does dinner look like? Are they the same? Are they different? Which one feels most successful? Where do you maybe need to make some tweaks? And how can you make them small, doable? And if you did make those improvements, how might they help? We always want to look at how might this help if I implement it so that your brain knows why it's important for you to do that. What are some rituals you could put in place to help you draw a boundary between life that's happening and your mealtime? I already gave you some ideas with breath and checking in with your body, but what are your ideas? What are some ways that maybe you could implement some ideas, some thoughts about what are some ideas you have about what might work for you to say, this is mealtime versus this is when I'm just doing life and it's chaotic and all the things. Ask yourself if there are any differences between how you eat alone versus how you eat with others. What are they? And are there any changes that you'd like to make? Is there anything that you're thinking is going to be too hard to change? If so, what is it? And how can you make it easier or take a smaller step? And then just define what success actually looks like so you know what you're reaching for. What would success look like at home, at restaurants, at work, or visiting family and friends? What are some of the environments that you find yourself commonly in that feel more difficult than others? What would success look like there? It might be helpful to rewind that, listen back and write those questions down so that you can create a mental path so that you can create your own environment for success and see just where are you now? Where do you want to be? And is it really that much of a stretch to get there? And if so, make it smaller, make it easier, take smaller steps. But either way, just do something because setting yourself up for success is huge. And all that really takes is thinking on purpose, thinking ahead of time so that you are responding and not reacting to your environment. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please share it. Share it with a friend. Share it on social media. Tag me so that I can come and say hello and thank you personally for sharing my stuff. It means the world to me. It helps me get into more people's headphones and spreads the message, which I love, love, love to do. If you have any thoughts or questions on this episode, ideas for episodes in the future, or if you just want to say hello, my inbox is always open for you. I appreciate you and we will see you on the next one. Bye.